My name is Chad. I am the uh, pastor here, and uh, it's so good to see you. We've been in a series called Start Over. Uh, this is week three of that. It's been, I hope you've enjoyed it. For me, it, it's personally resonated with me. It's been good actually studying um, the series. And so we started a few weeks ago, and let me do a real brief recap for you this morning. Um, and so kind of the tagline there is you can't go back, you can't undo what's been done, right? You can't redo the past, but you can start over. And the foundation of that, week one, is it's all about grace. That in order for, and this, this, this um, series focus heavily, focuses heavily on relationships, okay? There's other things uh, about it, but relationships is really what life is about, right? Our relationship with God, our relationship with other, the most important commandments that Jesus taught us. Um, and so before we can uh, work on our relationships, before we can do the things that we know we should do in relationships, uh, it has to be built on the foundation of grace. For me to extend grace, I have to understand my need for grace, right? In order to be the husband that I need to be uh, for my wife and the father for my kids, to extend grace, to extend love, for them to do that with me, which is more times uh, than not, uh, than me with them, uh, extending grace, it's built on the idea that I need grace. Right? The, the people in my life that have been mo- the most influential and happen to be, uh, on paper, some of the most uh, very bright individuals, um, speak, live, minister, teach, relate from a posture of grace. So uh, there is the ability for you to start over. So if you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. Regardless of what happened this week, regardless of where you're at, regardless of your stuff, regardless of your brokenness, regardless of doing that thing again that you said you weren't going to do at the beginning of the year, right, on your list of resolutions, his mercies are new every morning. God gives you the ability because of who he is to start over today, right now, in this moment. I don't care what you did this morning. uh, It does not matter hear that, that it's all about grace. And I presented this idea that we suffer from GTS, grace too small, grace too small, that, that, we, uh, that applies to ourself, that applies to others, that applies to the world around us. Uh, God's grace is big, it's untamed. And so last week we talked about reconciliation. So understanding our need for grace and extending that grace to others and being intentional about reconciliation. And so I propose this idea uh, that is biblical, that we all know, that reconciliation is the heart of God. It's the very reason why Jesus came to this earth, was to reconcile people to himself. People that uh, all of us, every single person, right, were born into sin. Um, Jesus came and provided a way to reconcile us, that which was broken to have a relationship that was otherwise separated. And so understanding that that's the heart of God and that that should be our heart as well is to be very intentional with reconcil- reconciliation with, excuse me, with others. It's so important that we talked about Matthew 5 last week that there's a passage in the scripture that says if you are standing at the altar, right, and you're leaving your gifts there and all those things that you're doing and that we did this morning, you're raising your hands, you're singing the words, you're... You're going through the motions on a Sunday morning, but yet you've got some, some, someone has something against you. 
Leave everything there at the altar. Leave and be reconciled to that person. Then come back to the altar. That's how important it is to Jesus. It disrupts what we just did this morning in our hearts. Right? If we're doing this and we're giving lip service to God, but we're not taking care of this, God says, put your hands down, quit giving me lip service, go back and do what you need to do, then come, come and give me your heart. Okay? That's how important it is to God. So your relationships are tied to your worship, is what he's saying. Your relationships are tied to your worship. So today, I want to continue this idea on reconciliation. And I want to talk about a reconciling community. A reconciling community. Let's pray right quick. So Lord, um, thank you for being here in our worship. Thank you for being here uh, with your presence, your tangible presence. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. Um, God, we just ask that you would come. Open up our hearts to hear your word. Lord, I pray that you would give me your wisdom, your ways, your words, as I proclaim um, your words this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, aren't there a lot of things in life, in this world, situationally going around us, whether that's happened in the past, whether that's what's going on in cultural events now, um, that you wish that we could go back and redo, right, in, in the world in general? Um, we celebrated um, MLK this week, right? Martin Luther King Day. And, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting. Uh, I read several of his quotes this week. It's just, it kind of, um, even though we, we see the tension in our world in every area, when you allow time to focus on that, and for me, reading some of his quotes this week, uh, kind of removes even a, another layer of those scales. It's like, man... It just kind of brings to surface things that are there that is kind of common, right? We're, we, we turn on the news, we expect to hear about this situation or that situation and brokenness here and devastation here and death here and separation here. And There's a lot of things that I wish we as the church could redo. Um, slavery, oppression, injustice, um, even laws like that oppresses people. Um, division in the church. There's so many things that I wish we could go back and redo. One of the things that is so prevalent in today's culture is division. There's division everywhere in our culture. There's division. I mean, everywhere you look, there are walls that separate people. There are bound, invisible boundaries and literal boundaries that separate people. It's one of the greatest and most prevalent sins in our culture. The fact is we can't go back and we can't undo it. We can't uh, redo all of the things in our culture that has been done in the past, even going on today. But what we can do is we can start over as the church and say, where do we go from here? In our neighborhood, in our life, in our circle of influence, as the church, the people of God, how do we be intentional about stepping forward and starting over and learning from the past? So my hope is for Vineyard Knoxville that we embrace the gospel and let, our, and let the gospel, the good news, right, and everything that, that Jesus gives us is good news, uh, sometimes uh, it doesn't feel like it, but in the end, it's good. It's a beautiful process. 
It is his best for our lives to let that shape our heart, to let that shape our worldviews, and let that shape our response to other people. Right? To let that shape our response to other people. As a reconciling community, we engage in God's mission to break down every barrier that separates humanity from experiencing the transformational love of Jesus. Let me say that again. As a reconciling community, we participate in God's mission to break down every barrier that separates humanity. That's why, why reconciliation matters. To, to be intentional about removing barriers that prevent people experiencing the life-transforming love of Jesus Christ. We are to take an active role in bridging others with Jesus. That's our calling, right? The Great Commission. We met with some, some leaders last night, talked about kind of uh, some, some vision for the church. And really, every church... Uh, is called to do the same thing, and that's the Great Commission, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, to make disciples. Every church exists for that mission. And we cannot do that mission if we are not engaging the invisible boundaries that separate people from Jesus Christ. Okay, so we are called to take an active role in bridging others with Jesus. Our, our, what we are to do is to remove obstacles, to remove barriers that separate people from Jesus. We don't add things to the gospel, right? Our humanity, our tendency is, um, so we talked about grace a couple of weeks ago. Uh, our, our humanity is to always reach in to feel like there's something else that we have to do. Like, grace isn't good enough in itself. Like, Jesus' death a burial and resurrection and our, our confession and our acceptance of him isn't good enough. It's, 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 it's easy to feel like there's something else we have to do. Something, and so what we can quickly do is begin adding this and adding this and piecing this and piecing this. And we end up with our own discipleship process that really has nothing to do with God's grace. Okay, Discipleship, the discipleship process is extremely important. And you're going to hear me talk a lot about discipleship around here. But it begins with grace yet again. Okay, We have to understand. So our intentionality is to remove obstacles to, to cause people to see Jesus for who he is, not the things that we put in front of him. Does that make sense? So we don't add anything to Jesus. It's not Jesus plus political views. Okay, It's, it's not. Should we be involved uh, in injustice, and should we uh, do our diligence in being actively involved? Absolutely, absolutely, we should. Okay, it's we live in a beautiful country that where we can serve Jesus freely, like we did just this morning. But it's not Jesus plus a particular agenda. Okay, let me be very clear about that. I could go deeper on that, but I will not. What does your Facebook say about that? Okay, just saying. It's not Jesus plus um, cultural barriers, right? It's not Jesus plus, well, this is just how we do things around here. No, it's Jesus, guys. It's Jesus. This neighborhood needs Jesus. Knoxville needs Jesus. People at your work need Jesus. 
your family, they need Jesus. People at the grocery store, they need Jesus. Okay, it's not Jesus plus. So we want to take an active role as the body of Christ to remove barriers to prevent people from knowing and walking in a relationship with Jesus. So a reconciling community values diversity. Here's a few things for you this morning. Values diversity. Colossians 3, 10, and 11 says this. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Become like him. Okay, what does that look like? In this life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. If you're from um, Africa or you're from the United States or you're from Mexico. or It does not matter, okay? It does not matter whether you are circumcised or uncircumcised, bar- bar- barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Isn't that awesome? It does not matter. He is the only one that matters. We are to be intentional at breaking down barriers of diversity. We are to be a reconciling community that listens. A reconciling community listens. We can learn a lot from the past mistakes, right? There are things that... um, So God has this ability to use things for his good, even in our mistakes, even in our brokenness. But there's a lot, but it does not take away from the fact that we can learn from our mistakes. There's a lot of things in life that if you look back in your own life or in this country or in the world that we can learn from, okay? And a reconciling community, even in this neighborhood, takes the time to listen. Are you listening to others? Are you, are you living with a posture to always speak your opinion or do you take the time to listen and value others and what they have to say? So God is at work reconciling us to himself, to each other, to create diverse communities of faith that reflect the kingdom of God. So with uh, the vineyard, we have some distinct core values, okay? Uh, we don't have any around here, but we have, we'll order some because they'd be good to have are some vineyard uh, core booklets. They're just really thin booklets that talk about who the vineyard is. Okay? One of our core values okay, as a movement, as a vineyard mo- movement, is to be a reconciling community. I love the fact that that's a core value of ours. Right? It's not in all of these other uh, getting lost in all the theology. It's to be intentional at, at removing barriers with one another. So I'm taking this right out of our core values booklet, and here's what it says. One of Vineyard's core values is a reconciling community. We believe that Jesus is reconciling people to God, to each other, and to the entire creation. He breaks down divisions between Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female. Therefore, Vineyard churches are committed to being communities of healing Engaged in the work of reconciliation where sin and evil hold sway. We also seek to be diverse communities of hope that realize the power of the cross and to reconcile what has been separated by sin. This requires that we move beyond our personal preferences and engage those whom we perceive to be unlike us. We must actively work to break down barriers of race, culture, gender, social class, and ethnicity. 
That's a, a, a core value for the vineyard. That's what we want to be about. Okay? Is this easy to do? No. Does this, does this test, will this test um, our comfort? Absolutely does. But let me tell you, guys, this is who we are. One of the things that spoke to, to me, and I know my wife when we came here, is the diversity in such a small group of people. And diversity covers all kinds of things, right? This is who we are, and this is how we are to be intentional outside of these walls as well, okay? So one of the, the scriptures that I love where Jesus displays this is John 4, 9 through 14. It's the story of, of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. I'm going to read that right quick. Starting at verse 9, it says this, The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Okay, so they're standing at the well, and Jesus asked her to draw him a drink. So why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and you are speaking to who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Job, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Okay? So there was a racial divide between Jews and Samaritans that Jesus directly addressed, right? That he engaged this person, right? Where there was typical uh, uh, boundaries in terms of Jews and Samaritans, Jesus went right through to remove the barrier. So he removed the barriers between him, a Jewish rabbi, and her, a Samaritan woman. Jesus was creating a new reconciled community. Okay? He, was, he was conveying um, the love of God. He was demonstrating the kingdom of God, breaking into right, the present and removing barriers, which we all have. He was, he was, he was demonstrating what it meant to live as a new creation. So Dr. King, I mentioned this week, Dr. King reveals a truth that most of us ignore or just hope plain is wrong, and that's this. Blacks and whites in America have for decades since Reconstruction worshipped the same God in different houses of worship, often with hostility or worse yet, cold indifference towards one another. Division is all around us, guys. And the best witness of the work and the movement of the kingdom of God is reflected in a diverse community. Racial and ethnic reconciliation is hard work, but it requires a lot from those who are dedicated to following Jesus. Everyone knows that we live in a very polarized community, right? Uh, a very intolerant community. There's a lot of things that we call ourselves tolerant for, but the practice of tolerance yet is not present in a lot of ways. And groups call the other group intolerant, whether that's uh, uh, social, 
circles, uh, age, wage, ethnicity, uh, education, uh, political. Uh, it's, it's, it's always pointing to the other side of whatever that side is of expressing, well, you're intolerant, you're intolerant, you're intolerant, but all the while, yet we're not demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ. So here are some areas of division. So a background is an area of, that can cause division. Social status, uh, race, appearance, education, income, political stance, citizenship, traditions, possessions, involvements in our life, in our community, denominations, sin, entanglement, even our belief system causes diversity. It causes a separation if we are not careful. A true commitment to discipleship, becoming a committed follower of Jesus, demands that you and I wrestle with the heart of division. If we call ourselves followers of Jesus, we cannot ignore such a prevalent issue in our culture, and that is division. That Jesus demonstrated what it looked like to cross those barriers to engage So a reconciling com community not only listens, but we also take action. We take action. Just as Jesus engaged the Samaritan woman, we are to act upon reconciliation. Okay? The idea of reconciliation is a good idea. Everyone would agree that reconciliation in all forms are a good idea. But it's different from having the idea, having the the, the desire, and actually walking it out, right? There's a lot of things in life that, even as Christians, it's easy to have this idea, this concept that we can talk about. We can read about it. We can listen about it. We can talk in our small group about it. But when it comes down to it, are you practicing it? Do you and I live intentionally at acting to be a reconciling community? It's not just a good idea, guys. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a theory that we talk about in church. Things aren't going to change with hashtag activism. Let me say that again. Things are not going to change with hashtag activism. And I can see a lot of smiles. And you know this to be true. Can social media be a platform? Absolutely. But things aren't going to change with words, with typing, with hashtags, with tweets, with posts. They're only going to change by us acting as the body of Christ to cross those divisions that otherwise separate people from Jesus Christ. And that's what we are called to do. We are called to take an active role in bridging others with Jesus. I want to bring a couple up here. I just met this couple this week. This is uh, Andrew and Abigail Jolly. And uh, they serve with Bridges International. And, um, and so they reached out to me and they are um, in the process of basically becoming missionaries at UT. And you might have heard of um, Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, Bridges International is kind of under that umbrella, but there's a, there's a little bit of difference with that um, they'll talk about here shortly. Uh, Bridges International is all about connecting with international students, serving them, loving them, building relationships with them, 
uh, removing barriers, right? Uh, and, and that might just look uh, even just very uh, applicable, uh, helping students know how to do this or how to uh, go to the post office and mail something or you know, where to go to get your laundry done, all of those things. It's serving them. It's removing those barriers. It's building, being very intentional about building a relationship with them. And so I uh, presented a couple of questions um, to them that I wanted to, to mention to them this morning and have them talk to us a little bit about their experience and what they do. Um, give us an example of God working in someone's life through your relationship. Yeah, um, so I was involved with Bridges International when I was at college at the University of Kentucky, and um, we would have Friday night dinners where we would invite all the international students on campus to come together and just share a meal together um, to create community for them. And so one Friday night, I got to meet a girl from Japan whose name was Mizuki, and she was just really sassy and spunky and outgoing. Um, And so we started talking, and she shared with me that night about how coming into college her freshman year, she just really wanted to experience it all and have the normal American college experience. But then no matter how many parties she went to and how many drinks she had, she still felt like there was something missing in her life. And so I got to share a little bit that night about how I'd found satisfaction in my life through my faith and we got to meet up later that week for coffee and she just continued to ask questions and so I got to share the gospel with her um, and she'd never heard of Jesus before she'd never heard the gospel Um, she grew up in a Buddhist family but didn't really understand or believe that either Um, and so she just wanted to learn more and so we got to continue hanging out every single week for the rest of that semester and um, I got to learn about Japanese culture and she'd cook me Japanese food and I'd teach her about American culture Um, and we'd study the Bible together. And so through that relationship and through that friendship, um, it was just some really sweet time. Um, We really got to dig into the Bible together and just answer her questions about God and about Jesus. And by the end of that semester, she knew the gospel, and she would even joke with me that she'd be the first Japanese gospel singer because she loved Christian music so well. (laughs) Um, But she just wasn't ready to accept it personally. And so she went back to Japan, and about three weeks later, she messaged me and said that she had accepted Jesus um, and had found a church that she'd been going to in Tokyo and had actually been sharing with her family and her friends about Jesus and how he had changed her life and how he could change their lives as well. Um, And so with Bridges, that's just our main goal is to be able to introduce these international students to Jesus for possibly the first and only time in their lives and then build them up and disciple them to equip them that way they can go back and share the gospel with their own people. Awesome. So so they just moved here uh, in November. And, um, and so they are, uh, there's some ways that we talked this week about kind of partnering with them in some ways uh, to be very intentional at building bridges, right, removing barriers. And so they're going to be available after the service. They're going to be back. They've got some brochures. Um, you can certainly pray for them. So I would encourage you. They do have a monthly newsletter email that goes out. So I would encourage you, uh, get on that, pray for these guys. Uh, they also need a little bit more support in order to become full-time on campus. So I would encourage you to connect with them at the back following the surface. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for being here. Let's give them a hand. So when I met with them this week, it was just um, and this whole idea of removing barriers and building bridges. Like, that's what they're doing. And that's what we're all called to do is respond and action and invest in each other's lives. We are called to take an active role in bridging others with 
Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.18.19 says this. Ben, if you'd come on up, please. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He didn't just do it for you. He gave you the message. He gave me the message. There is action in the message, right? What do you do with the message? You deliver it. You give it. You give it away. There's action based upon what you have received. And that's the thing that God has given us. And lastly, reconciling community practices peace. We are to practice peace, guys. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says this. Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another, so that you, there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. The, the practice of peace will be the glue of a polarized culture. The practice of peace. The church is in a great time, a great period of time to be a bridge builder. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? We want God uh, to bless us, to bless you, to bless this church. What God wants to do in this city, we have to practice peace. One of the scriptures that I love is Psalm 133. It says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is when people dwell together in unity. And then he later says, this is where he commands his blessing. Wow. When we practice this, guys, when we are intentional about crossing lines that otherwise divide people from Jesus, God will command his blessing. When we practice that as a church, when you practice this in your home, when you practice this in your marriage, when you practice this with others who have different viewpoints than you, people who, that, who might rub you the wrong way, this is where God commands his blessing. So it's easy with something like this, guys, to say, what can I do, right? What can I do? This, is, this, this issue is huge in our life, in this world. The reality is you and I contain the good news. You and I have a message of reconciliation. Just like Abigail shared, she built a relationship. She might not have seen, I'm sure there were moments of frustration where she wanted to lead her into that prayer to accept Christ. I, I can promise you that. But to go back and to see how God used that, her pouring into her, and then for this girl to pour into her friends and her family, people who have never even heard of the name of Jesus Christ. That's what you and I can do. You can't control the world around you. We can't control everything that goes on around us. But what you can control is your response in the world that you live in. So why is reconciliation so important? Again, to remove barriers. If I'm not committed to love, how can I be committed to fulfilling the Great Commission? 
the Great Commission demands us to deal with division. How can we go into all the world as we're commanded to do if we're not engaged in loving the world that we're in right now? The culture that you find yourself in. So I want to close with a few probing and loving questions today. Okay? Understand that, listen, we're not going to get this perfect. Right? We're human. Foundation of grace, right? Foundation of grace. Please, I, I hope you hear my heart in this. This is, um, it would have been easier to sideline this message for about a year after we were here. You know? um, it's like, how do you talk about reconciliation and not talking about reconciling the people with Jesus, right? Um, so, and I'm asking these questions to myself this morning, okay? Do you purposefully avoid others who are different than you? Do you find yourself harboring resentment to a particular group of people? Do you often tell jokes or stories that align with division of people groups? Do you find yourself uh, copying an attitude towards people different than you? Do you look down on people who don't carry the same rank or title as you or the same letters behind your name? Do you easily categorize people who move, who are more successful than you? Do you find yourself hoping that our church reaches a particular type of person that meets your level of comfort? Do you quickly judge a group of people who struggle with a particular type of sin? Many more, many more questions, and I. You're already answering questions that you're asking yourself this morning, as am I. Because we live in a world that pulls us down to barriers, right? But let's be a people that lean into the message of reconciliation to be intentional with removing those barriers in our society. So this week, inconvenience yourself. Inconvenience yourself. Act upon being a person of reconciliation.